and not only Peter's life, but those around him. And I'll tell you this, your faith in God, your choosing to believe in God will affect others around you. But on the same note, if we choose not to believe, that also is contagious. And we need to make sure that we are believing the Lord. And so look, look at the passage here. It's actually two sets of verses kind of divided up there. And you'll understand as we go through the lesson this morning, if you're familiar with this passage, you'll know why. And so I want you to see beginning in Mark chapter 5, verse 22. We'll read down to verse 24. Then we'll pick it up as the story moves down a couple verses to verse 35 and through verse 43. And the Bible says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, as talking about the Lord, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people uh, followed him and thronged him. While he yet spake, there came from the, from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said thy daughter is dead why troublest thou the master any further as soon as jesus heard the word that was spoken he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue be not afraid only what believe and he suffered him no man to follow him save peter and james and john the brother of james so in other words the word there save is except for okay so those individuals were privileged, and notice in that group was Peter, of course, James and John, and it says here that he cometh, Jesus cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and they that wept and wailed greatly, and when the damsel, uh, when he was come in, he saith unto her, unto them, why, maketh, why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth, and they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and they that were with him, which would be Peter, James, and John. And the Bible says they entered in where the damsel was lying, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of how old? Twelve. That's important. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. Now remember who's in the room? The father, the mother, Jesus, Peter, James, John. Okay, everybody with me? So look at that verse there again. They, the six, well, the five, were astonished. And it says, with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now, what begs my mind is this. Jesus said that no man would know it. There's many times in his earthly ministry where Jesus performed mighty miracles and oftentimes he would tell them, don't go tell someone what just happened. And there was always a reason behind that because uh, part of the time, John the Baptist was still on the earth, and of course, Jesus really began his earthly ministry at the death of John the Baptist, but uh, so there would be no confusion between the ministry of John, which John was the forerunner of Jesus, but also Jesus did not listen. Now, he was, 
and is a miracle worker. Do you believe that today? Amen. Okay, he still is the great physician. But remember that as Jesus was on this earth, he did not want to just be known as a miracle worker. He wanted to be known for what he is, who he is, and that is the Son of God. Okay, I hope you really understand that. Wrap your mind around that. And in this instance, here's what I'm thinking. They're making much ado. We don't talk that way nowadays. In other words, there's a lot of crying and, and wailing and heartbreaking and things like that, comforting and so on. But, but here's, what's that? But here's the thing is, is that while this is going on, in our minds and in all their minds, this 12-year-old girl was dead. She was dead. But remember, Jesus had a different opinion on the matter. And here's the thing is, in the minds of all the people outside this room, she's dead. Jesus raises her to life, and then he says, don't tell anybody. <laughs> she's going to walk out of that house. Uh, you know, all those people are like, wait a minute. I mean, so it, really, you look at this, and it, it, you know, in other words, the work of God and the word of God speaks for itself. They didn't have to say, one of the easiest things in life for me to be, if I ever was going to be a car salesman, would be a Ford pickup truck salesman, because they sell themselves. Ford pickup trucks have been the number one selling, and I'm even a Chevy man. But here's the thing is, is that they, they are known by their reputation. And when that girl walked out of that room with her mom and dad, everybody knew something had happened. But remember, while five, five people were with Jesus in the room, five of them, including the mother and father, and three disciples of the Lord, the closest three to him, were astonished, not just astonished, but astonished with great astonishment. And I want you to think about that this morning, because when I think about these lessons that we're covering about Peter, the reality is these are lessons for all of us. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I guarantee you, because I know even in my life, from time to time, you have probably wavered in your faith. There's probably been times where you haven't believed the way you should believe in the Lord. And the greatest lesson that I see early on in this is repetition is the key to what? Anybody know? By teach? Learning. Repetition is the key to learning. How do we, how do we learn God's Word? By reading it over and over and over. And you ever read your Bible and read something and, and think to yourself, wow, I never saw that before. But yet, remember, God hasn't added anything. He's given us his word. And so we see here that Peter, like us, is learning. Good teachers know that continual reinforcement is vital to learning. Jesus knew that. That's why oftentimes Jesus, look here, Jesus just taught the same lessons over and over Dr. Lee Robertson, who preached for, I don't know, probably 60-plus years before he went home to be with the Lord, Dr. Lee Robertson probably had six messages that he preached, and one of them was about this, have faith in God. That was, his, I mean, he'd point that big bony finger at people, have faith in God. I can hear him now just, just saying, folks, listen, if we learn to live our lives by faith and not by sight. That's what Peter's learning here. That's what we're learning about today. It, look, aren't you glad that as we forget the lessons God has taught us and the word that we have read, aren't you glad that God's patient with us? 
Isn't that wonderful? I guarantee you, look, he wasn't just patient with Peter. He's been patient with me, and he's probably been patient with you over and over and over again. And, and the, the more easily in our, li- our lives we doubt things we, that we should be trusting, and to, this morning I hope I can encourage you to walk forward in faith. Look at the Bible says there's three times, this is one instance, Romans 1, 17, therein or in this is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Now look what it says. As it is written, read those words, the just, the just shall live by faith. Are you, look here, are you justified this morning? In other words, are you saved? How many of you are saved this morning? Yeah, you know what the justify means just as if I had never even been a sinner. How's that possible? Because Jesus died for you. He died for me. And he wants us to live by faith. So let's travel back to the dusty roads of Capernaum. And we had the privilege of being there as we went to the Holy Land. What a joy it was uh, to go through Capernaum. And let's see some of the things that Peter learned. Listen, Peter learned these lessons once again. Remember, repetition. Peter had to learn them over and over again. And some of us are the same way because, listen, nothing is too hard for God, right? Amen? And so let's, let's look at this situation this morning because, first of all, it was a sad situation. Sad situation. We see this instance where the Bible records in verse 22 that there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue. His name is Jairus and by name, and he fell at Jesus' feet. Verse 23. He besought him greatly. Now look here. This is, this is a ruler. This is a man of position. He comes to Jesus. He doesn't just come to him and ask him and beg him. He falls at his feet. And, and, and he comes to Jesus and he begins to beg for his daughter. One of the hardest things, and I've, I've had to deal with this not personally, but, but as a friend and as a ministry, as a pastor, I would say one of the hardest things in life is the death of a child. It really is. Some of you have experienced that. Uh, you know, my wife had, had one miscarriage whenever uh, between our, I believe, our second and third. And I remember going through that. And I remember uh, being there for my wife when she went through that. And I remember uh, people just wrapping their arms around us. And Jarius is, is just like most folks. He just couldn't bear the thought of his daughter, his 12-year-old daughter, she, according to this passage, she had some kind of illness that was terminal. It, it, you know, it, look, as much as we want to complain about health care, aren't you glad that we have some? You know, aren't you glad for some of the advancements? Uh, I know this, that the doctors told me that if my oldest daughter, our firstborn, would have been born 10 years before she was born, she would not have lived. I've never forgot that. And, and I thought to myself, I'm glad that my daughter was born in 1987 instead of 1977. And this, this, this man, Jarius, as a ruler, he had sought out the best doctors. I mean, he had the money. He spared no expense. And, and he, despite all of his efforts, and we see this many times in the Bible, even in our own lives, despite all of his efforts, nothing worked. No one was able to help his daughter. No one was able to find a cure. And unless some sort of miracle was going to take place, guess what? This man and his wife, and you had to understand the mentality of the day, they had pretty much 
come to grips with the fact that their daughter probably was not going to make it. I think that's why you read those words, they were astonished with great astonishment. They just, they didn't know. And, and so his only hope was who? Jesus. And so what does he do? He falls at his feet. Notice, first of all, letter A, the father's plea. See, on the surface, this man had it all. He was, again, he was a ruler. If Jairus, he felt this way, if I could just get to Jesus, Jesus could do something. You ever, you ever been there in your life with something and you just think to yourself, if I could just get to the Lord with this? You know, look, when we pray, the Bible says we can come boldly before the what? Throne of grace. Folks, look, physically we've never stepped into heaven, but through our prayers we can. We can come directly. You think about all those years, Brother Flynn, that we had to go to a priest hoping that that man would get our prayers to God. Isn't that sad? You know, and especially as I got older and I realized that priest was no more, no more holy than I was. And I thought to myself, I think I, I, think I want to know how I can go straight to the source so that I can get my prayers answered. And that's what this man did. I mean, he had gone to the doctors. Now, listen, the, the sad reality is, and I think even Christians fail at this, instead of going to God first, we try all these things. We try all this, and then look here. When we're at the end of our rope, what do we do? Well, I guess the only place I can go now is the Lord. Folks, look, let's reverse that in our lives. Let's go to God first. Just think about the anguish and the heartache that we would save ourselves. Uh, the stuff that we go through because we don't do things God's way. And this man, I love the word here, he sought the Lord greatly. That means this man had an impassioned plea for his daughter. I mean, there's nothing like a, 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 a child that's hurting. I'm going to tell you something, and if you're a parent in here, you know this. When your child hurts, you hurt. I mean, you might as well be the one that's sick. What gets me, and I, I still remember those days, and now I see them sometimes with my grandkids, when children are too young to talk and you know they're hurting. That's really hard. But this girl wasn't some infant. She was 12 years old. And, and Jarius, somewhere along the way, he knew. He had heard about this one named Jesus. And he thought, if I can get to him, look what James says here, James chapter 5, when you think about the Father's plea, the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? It availeth much. Folks, we need to make sure that we are praying as, as we see even in that passage in James 5, how that he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Look, when we pray, folks, listen, we have to pray believing. You know, make sure that we're not asking amiss, the Bible says. Pray believing, and look, I, I'll tell you this, when we do pray believing, you know what's going to happen? God's going to take notice. He's going to say, you know what? My child, that one right there, he really believes that I can do what I can do. God takes notice of that. And so we, we read in the Bible how the Lord's eyes and his ears, they're open to the cry of the righteous. The Bible tells us that. Look at Psalm 145. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him 
to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He will also hear their cry and he will save them. Isn't that a tr tremendous verses there? Listen, every, the Bible says that to everyone that asketh, receiveth. And for, folks, we need to ask God. And so Jesus is, is traveling, and here's what happens is he's approached by Jairus about his daughter, and you know what the Lord does? Jesus hears this desperate request for help for Jairus' daughter. So notice we see the father's plea, but then we see letter B, the, the daughter's plight. And of course, we've already read how that as uh, Jesus was making his way, Jairus believed that his daughter would be healed, but somewhere in the midst of that journey, the Bible interrupts the story. Jesus stops. Now, you remember why he stopped? Because he was touched by a woman that had an issue of blood. Does anybody remember how long she had that issue of blood? 12 years. Interesting, 12 years, 12 years. Remember how Jesus, look here. Even though Jairus' daughter was at the point of death, Jesus took time to help this woman who by faith reached out and touched the hem of his garment. You know what she did? She did the same thing to Jesus that Jairus was doing to Jesus. She reached out for him. She was worshiping him for who he was. She was asking him to do something in her life that she could not do. Remember the story? She also had gone to all the doctors. And none of the doctors could do anything for her. You had to understand, number one, many people believe that she was unclean because of the bleeding in her life. Number two, to have lost that much blood, that woman had to be very weak. And yet in her weakness, she reaches out for the Lord. And all this is taking place while Jairus' daughter is at the point of death, this woman reaches out and touches Jesus. Now, this, this delay to many people, especially Jairus, thought it was a fatal delay. I mean, my daughter's about to die. And Jesus takes the time. And so in their minds, even Jairus is probably thinking, well, it's going to be too late now when he gets to my daughter. And so it's at this moment that Jesus comes. And look, here's the thought is, do we take our cares to the Lord the way this woman with the issue of blood or the way Jairus did about his daughter? Do we, do we, and sometimes I think we don't, and here's why. Because we think that our problems are insurmountable. In other words, even God can't fix this situation. Even God can't do something about this. And I know sometimes you hear of people with stage four cancer sometimes. What do we immediately think? death. Nothing's going to happen. There's no one that can help that person. Can I tell you, according to God's word, there is someone. There has always been someone that can help somebody in that situation. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, you know that had to be hard if Jairus maybe heard a verse like that while he was waiting for Jesus to help this woman while he was waiting for Jesus to go help his daughter. And I'm sure there's been times in your life when you have waited. Lord, I'm patiently waiting. I'm, I struggle with patience. Anybody else in here like that? 
You know, I can't, I, I, you know, here I am, I, I'm in the store and there's five registers open. And I walk up and I'm like, which one's got the less people? And then I'll get in this one over here. I always pick the wrong line. And so, so I'll go over in this line and then I'll see that line move and I'll, I'll, go, I'll walk over here and I'll get in this line. And I'm standing here and then I'll see that line and then, and then I look over and the person I was standing behind in the first line leaves the store and I'm still standing behind two or three people. Does that happen to you too? Happens to me all the time. All the time. You know, patient. You know, the best thing they came up with is the, what do they call them, self-checkout things? That's the best thing ever, especially in Walmart. Especially in Walmart when people are paying with food stamps and all kinds of things, you know, and you're just like, I just want to get in and get out, you know. And it's, it's, it's just, it's an amazing thing how impatient we are. But God, look here, Jarius was going to have to wait. Jesus was... Everything he did was on purpose. It was, there was a reason behind it. He wanted to be a blessing to this woman as much as he wanted to be to Jairus. And it's, sometimes it's hard to wait. Only when we've given our burdens to the Lord can we really rest knowing that we've done all we can. And that's what he was teaching Jairus. Look, you've done all you can, Jairus. You've come to me. You've asked me. Don't you believe, listen, don't you believe that I can still help your daughter? I know what it looks like, but I can still help. You're just going to have to be patient and wait. See, to the crowd, even the disciples, especially Peter, the situation seemed and looked hopeless. But to Jesus, here it was, another opportunity to demonstrate his power in our lives. That's what it was. See, it was a sad situation when you think about the daughter and the woman. But guess what? The thing that brightens that situation up is Jesus. So the sad situation, notice secondly, we also see in this passage the scornful spectators. Because in this situation, by the time Jarius gets home, guess what happened? The crowd has already been gathered. You know, things, things draw a crowd. You know, we, I was traveling with some college students one time, and uh, we had a busload of college guys. Uh, not a good situation to take a busload of college guys to a college basketball game, but we did. And uh, we had some time uh, to, to kind of kill a little bit. So we stopped at a mall. I figured I'll let them get out and go inside and burn some energy. So they went in there. Well, I didn't know that these guys, I think they were, they were missing a few, they were a few fries short of a Happy Meal. And uh, they went inside and uh, they, they were doing their thing. I didn't really pay attention to what they were doing. They all came back out. They were laughing so hard when they got on the bus. And I said, what's so funny? And they said, you got to see the video. And I said, what video? I didn't even know one of the guys had a camera with him. And they videotaped. Here's what they did. When you walk through the malls, you know how sometimes they have areas in the mall where they, they plant even real trees inside of malls? They have an area where there's dirt. It's, it's in the middle of the mall. They put some trees and things like that. And what happened was someone that worked for the mall came in and removed a tree. And so the, the, the hole for the tree was there and there was nothing in the hole. It was just dirt with a hole. And so all these college guys, they kind of gathered around it and they're all just staring at it. And then it was a two-story mall. So there was a railing, a walkway upstairs up above this area. So some of them went up there and the guy with the camera went up there, and he, they're all around this banister, and they're all looking over the railing, 
And they're, star they're all staring at this hole in the dirt. There's nothing there. And they just kept doing it, and the guy with the camera kept videoing. And I'm telling you, like hundreds of people converged on that area. And they're all staring at the hole, too. Everybody's just staring at the hole. And they, they're like, it was the funniest thing, because people are just, they're, they're curious. But this situation, because of Jarius's daughter and her situation, some of these people really did come because they knew the family, the father, Jarius, and the mother, and they were, they were there grieving. Some of them were relatives, maybe, some out of curiosity. Listen, I know this sounds strange, but there were even in this day people that actually got paid to mourn. There were professional mourners there. I mean, how would you like that for a job? What do you do for a living? I go to funerals and mourn, you know, get paid well for it. But, but here's this crowd, and, the, and the, that's why the Bible says much ado was being made. All these people are carrying on about the situation, and all of them doubted, listen, all of them doubted Jesus' ability to heal this girl. So notice, first of all, what the, the Lord declares, the Lord's declaration. Look at verse number 40 again in our passage. The Bible says this, they laughed him to scorn, that, uh, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. So here we see them laughing at Jesus. They acted like the Lord didn't understand the situation. And certainly if anybody understands, God knows all about us. Look, he knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what was going on in your life before you came to church today. And he knows what's going to happen in your life after you leave church today. He knows everything about us. And it, a lot of times I think we're even guilty of unbelief. But I'm going to tell you this, what God says is always true. Let me say that again. What God says is always true. Do you believe God's word is true? God's word never changes, right? God's word is truth. Psalm 119, 151, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are what? They're all true. Every last one of them. Uh, last Sunday, remember in Sunday school, Dr. Rasmussen was here uh, actually in the morning service. Remember, he taught on the widow that just had a little bit of meal left, right? And how that, that widow, she had to trust even though it didn't make sense that she gave to the man of God. But that's what the Lord wanted her to do. Somebody said this way, they said, if God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Can I, can I make a, 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 an adjustment to that? It doesn't matter if we believe it or not. If God says it, that settles it. We need to understand that. So the people, they laughed him to scorn. Why? Because what was Jesus' declaration? He said this, she's just sleeping. She's kind of like a Baptist in church today. Right? She's just sleeping, and they're thinking, are you kidding? You don't even know what's going on here. This girl's been sick. Now, look, we do know, you study the New Testament, God likens death to what? Sleep. You know, precious in the sight of the God is, is the death of one of his saints. Uh, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not in a hurry to go to heaven, but I'm not. look here, if the Lord came today, it wouldn't bother me one bit. But I'll tell you this. My view of leaving this world now is totally different than it was before I got saved. Amen. There's a lot of people today who have no hope because they don't know what's going to happen in the future. 
But remember, Jesus, the one that was in the room, he's the resurrection and the life. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He's a giver of life, right? And so here we see the Lord's declaration because, look at letter B, because of the people's derision. They ridiculed the Son of God. You know, they shouldn't have thought Jesus was, uh, you know, didn't understand that he was crazy or insane. They should have been respectful to him. And, and they should have held, held their peace. If they, if they were struggling with something, they should have kept it inside. But even if they would have done that, guess what? He knows what they're thinking. We see that even with his disciples. People wonder how many times we, we can be satisfied with God when we can't see God. You ever, somebody ever asked you that? How can you be so satisfied with God? How do you not struggle in your life? And the question is because of the accuracy of the word of God, because God's word we just read was truth. Listen to this statement. Everyone, that's all of us, everyone in this world, everyone must make the choice to either surrender their doubts and believe what they cannot understand or they must continue in their willful unbelief. In their willful, and that's the way most people are. They believe, they unbelief, and they willfully unbelieve. The Bible says this, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Anybody think you're crazy for being a Christian? <laughs> Family, friends, co-workers, right? You know, oftentimes, and Jesus, the Word of God says, that the, even the preaching of the cross to, is to them that perish foolishness. But what was going through Peter's mind? Peter was one of the five with Jesus that went into this room where the damsel was laying. You think sometimes, what was Peter thinking? Peter was going to have to make a choice, wasn't he? He was going to have to choose, am I going to doubt like the spectators or am I going to believe? I wonder how we would have been if we went in that room. I wonder if we'd have been full of faith, believing in the Lord. See, in a different miracle in the Bible, in Mark 9 there in your notes, there was a father that came to Jesus, and he, he also requested healing for his child. But the difference in that story was he actually did, this man, unlike Jairus, that father struggled with doubt. Look what it says there in Mark 9. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, look at this, I believe, but, look at this, help thou mine, what? Unbelief. See, he wasn't quite there yet. You know, well, there's a little ray of hope, but I'm not, I'm not 100% there. A Christian lady one time, she was asked, uh, she was introduced, excuse me, as the, oh, the woman of great faith. She was at some gathering at church, and they, that's how they introduced her, as a woman of great faith. And she gently said these words, No, I am the woman of a little faith in a great God. That's what she said. I think she put it wisely there. And so in spite of, look, sad situation, and the spectators, their unbelief, but guess what Jesus did? He went inside anyway. Aren't you glad that God's going to work no matter what people do? no matter if we believe or not. Remember, if Jesus said it, that settles it. Look at the third point this morning, because we see the sufficient Savior. The sufficient Savior. We see in the Bible that, that He is known as God Almighty. I love the words El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Years ago, there was a popular song that was sung often in churches. I still love the song. But it's, it, it's all about He is the Almighty God. 
And there's been many times in the Word of God. One example is Genesis 17.1. Look at that. Abram was 90 years old and nine. Some of the guys that worked outside with me yesterday, that's how old they feel today, right there. Right, Brother John? 90 and nine, right? I'm going to tell you something. We got off to a good start, and we just kept slowing down as time went on. <laughs> but here he is, Abram's 90 and nine years old, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. See, he, he, look, he receives the promise from God that God was the all-sufficient one. He was the Almighty one. Look, it, it's the Almighty one that raised me out of my bed this morning. I'm just going to be honest with you. And we need to understand uh, this, even in this miracle, but in our lives. Notice as we think about his sufficiency, we see in, the, in this passage, Peter's attendance. Peter was there. He, look, boy, Peter got to go to some places that the 11 or the 12, actually there was nine of them that didn't get to go to some of the places like the Mount of Transfiguration. But Peter got to go there. Peter got to go into this room with this damsel that, that looked like she, was, she had already died. And Peter's attendance, he wanted to be where the Lord was. He chose to be close to the, where the Lord was. He wanted to experience these miraculous things. It, can you imagine some of the stories that Peter had in his life as he told, hey, I remember the day I went with Jesus and a father and mother went into her room and she was laying there and everybody was crying because she was dead. And Jesus took her by the hand and raised her up. Can you imagine Peter telling some of those stories? Can I tell you today, if God's worked in your life, I bet you got some stories you could tell. I bet you there's some things you could share with people that, that are doubting God. Powerful testimonies some of you have. If you've been saved, all of you have that testimony. Because you know what happened? God raised you from death to life when he saved you. What a wonderful thing to think about. Jeremiah says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Peter, look, Peter, he, he, he decided, I'm not going to abandon the Lord. I, I want to go in. And he saw the dead raised and God wants to bless our lives, but God's only going to bless our lives if we have faith and we choose to believe. See, I see Peter's attendance. Boy, what a thrill it was. And while he was in there, notice secondly, the maids arising. I mean, this girl, look at verse 42. The Bible says, and straightway, after Jesus calls out to her, the damsel arose. We all know the word straightway means what? Immediately, right? There was no delay, you know. Uh, I, I, Brother David was walking around yesterday, and, and uh, he was such a blessing. He was playing the water boy yesterday, and he, he, he came. He wanted to do something, and I said, you know what? I said, we're going to be out here. It's going to be hot. I says, if you want to bring us water, I said, that, that'd be one of the greatest jobs. And he just kept bringing water. And this last walk around, he says, I'm just walking around. He says, just making sure that I'm not going to come around a corner and somebody's going to be laying on the ground. And so he was just making sure that, you know, if somebody needed to be raised up, he could lay hands on them or something and raise them up. I don't know what he was expecting to do. But listen, Jesus spoke these words, the powerful words of God. Listen, it, God's word can still work in your life today. Remember, the Word of God is quick and powerful. Did God's Word save you? Yeah, God's Word raised you. Well, guess what in this passage? God's Word changed Darius's daughter's life. Jarius' daughter's life. 
It raised her up. Peter saw that. She was restored to full health. There was no, uh, the Bible says that she got up immediately and she walked. And look, if you've been in the hospital for any length of time and you've had a procedure or a surgery, the last thing you want to do is get out of bed. I went and visited Brother Gilbert. Man, he had a mean nurse. And she, she's, like, she's like, I told him yesterday, get out of that bed, and he wouldn't get out of that bed. That's how she was talking, right, Brother Richard? She was, and and, and she, I said to Brother Gilbert, I, be, I think you better get out of that bed. She's she not going to let you lay in that bed. And he got out of that bed because he was scared of her, you know. And uh, she was pregnant, and she was still, I mean, she was powerful. But here's the thing is, she said this. She says, even people, that's why she had no pity on Brother Gilbert. She said, even people that have open heart surgery, we have them out of bed walking the next day. There's no rest for the weary in the hospital. Don't go to the hospital, all right? But this woman, this girl, 12 years old, she was at the point of death, and guess what? She sat up, she got up, and she started walking. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Joshua 23, look at this. And behold, this day I am, I am going the way of all the earth, and ye know that in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Remember what Jesus told Jairus? He says, hey, look, your daughter's going to be okay. Well, guess what he was doing? Just fulfilling what he had promised, right? Not one thing. Is there anything too hard for God, yes or no? No. What about in your life? Well, pastor, you know, that's the, you know, it worked in the Bible when Jesus was on. Is he not the same God? Can he not do in your life today what he did in Jairus' daughter's life? You know, folks, listen, we see this 12-year-old girl raised to life by the giver of life. And, and we who have passed from death to life, folks, we need to live like God has raised us up. And we are alive today in Christ. We see Peter's attendance, we see the, the daughters arising, but notice thirdly, we see the parents' astonishment. I mentioned this earlier as we got started, they were astonished with great, you know what that means? They were surprised. Wow! See, you know, look, as, as believers, we need to have a great faith. You know why? Because we have a great God. We have a God that can do anything. We ought to be possessors of great faith. God can do anything but fail. L listen to this. This encouraged me as I just thought about different things in the Bible. Noah believed God was going to send a flood. Did he not? David believed God would give him victory over Goliath. Elijah believed God would send fire down on Mount Carmel. Man, what a standoff. He had, Elijah had never seen that before. And, and, and here the prophets of the grove and the prophets of the Baal, they did all their cutting and dancing and carrying on and like the world today. And, and Elijah stands there and he waits for all that. I, I, I'd be like, man, I sure hope the Lord comes through. And Elijah prayed and fire fell. He believed God would send that. Daniel Prayed, he believed God would close the mouths of the lions. He believed it. George Mueller, if you know anything about Mueller, great man of God, he believed that God would provide for his orphans. 
And God did over and over again. D.L. Moody believed God would send, save multitudes through the preached word of God. Folks, listen. If we believe, God can. If we believe, God can. Believing the Lord's word, that's the choice this morning. You hold God's word in your hand. Do you believe every word of it? Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. We need to believe every last bit of it. Like Jairus, we struggle, we face problems. But look, God is greater than any problem we have in our lives. It's greater than anything you'll face today or in the days ahead. Look, God knows where we are and God feels our pain. We're reminded of that in Isaiah 53. Jesus was despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. When we're tempted to doubt God, here's a great passage for you today. Why don't you just remember Jairus? You know, if you ever experience any doubt in your life, Jesus knew what was going on in this situation, and Jesus had the power to do something about it. But listen, Jairus had to choose to believe. Anybody have a thought this morning before we're dismissed? Maybe something in your life, maybe just a quick testimony about maybe how God's just helped you in your life to believe. Brother Guy?